Welcome to Branding BFF, a podcast for service businesses, creative professionals, and coaches. I'm your host, Lisa Spear. I'll be having authentic conversations with entrepreneurs and brand creators, so you can gain behind-the-scenes insights and inspiration to apply to your brand and business. Please note, these are uncensored conversations with guests, so there's a chance they'll be adult language. Okay, welcome, Eric. So glad to have you here. Oh, thanks for having me, Lisa. It's a pleasure. So today we're going to be talking about brand failures and brand successes. And I know you have said you've experienced a little bit of both. Yes, I have. (laughs) So why don't we start with you introducing yourself, who you are, what you do, before we dig in. So I'm Eric Gorman, and I'm the owner of a company called Wiley. We're an innovation strategy company that runs design sprints and strategy sprints for clients all over the world, really, primarily here in Charlotte but we also get around too. That's great. Yeah. So one of the things that really intrigued me when we started talking, because I know you guys do a lot of prototyping and a lot of stuff with your business for clients, but I thought how interesting to bring this whole conversation around success and failure and prototyping and innovation into the conversation around branding. So you mentioned something about uh, early brand failure. I'd Mm -hmm. love to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah, so uh, I started out, I, I made a career switch. Um, I was at an engineering consulting company for about seven years, wearing a lot of different hats. Um, had a great experience, but I got the itch to try something different and move towards innovation. So I um, put out some feelers and ended up working with uh, as a subcontractor to a couple of different companies. And in the meantime, um, I kind of built a, br- a bit of a shitty brand. Um, it was uh, <laughs> it was called Slow Think, and um, you know, fast forward uh, five years, and with my own firm running sprints, it's uh, not very sexy to be talking about going slow. Um, it was kind of inspired by mindfulness, and uh, I still believe in that personally, but it didn't make for a great brand uh, at all. So yeah, it was it was called Slow Think, and it was um, I didn't do a ton of client facing work. I did some client engagements. I was mostly a subcontractor, so the brand never made it to the light of day for most clients uh, thankfully <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah that was kind of the back the story of the failure was uh was slow think it's uh maybe a little bit ahead of its time or maybe it never has a time i'm not sure <laughs> well yeah so can you tell a little bit about you said mindfulness but a little mm-hmm. bit about the inspiration a little bit more about why you chose it and then at what point you realized it really just wasn't working yeah it came about um I'm kind of a behavioral science nerd, and so there's this really great book by Daniel Kahneman called Thinking Fast and Slow, and it really just talks about the two different ways we think as human beings. Um, We have kind of a a fast part of our brain uh, that kind of is intuitive, and if it feels right, we go do it, and then we have a slow thinking part of our brain that's really more analytical and slows down, and it just really kind of fascinated me as a concept and kind of the benefits it describes uh, of thinking slowly. Um, really kind of resonated with me and so I thought hey this sounds like a cool cool concept <laughs> and no one else is doing this probably because it's not a good concept but <laughs> I thought well, yeah but know. what I hear is that there's an intentionality sure uh, about mm-hmm. thinking slower slowing down and actually not just making big leaps really fast yeah that's exactly right so at what point did you realize mm. that it wasn't a good fit with design thinking and design sprints and and strategy sprints yeah it really um i again i wasn't really using the brand very much um, but i did have an opportunity to take a space a studio at camp north end and that was kind of the impetus for me to really start building the brand and not just have it be a shell as a a way to do subcontractor 
subcontract work, I really wanted to build a brand and actually develop the business along with it uh, as I kind of left um, those subcontracted roles and kind of went on my own. But so at that point, that was kind of the spark. But I think just over the years, um, the two and a half or three years that I was slow think, I kind of realized just over time that it, you know, as I had conversations with people, as I introduced myself, handed the business card and just like, you know, blank stares or like, <laughs> this doesn't make sense. Like, this is not sparking positive conversations. I think, you know, the the times that I really resonated with people were just one-on-one conversations. It's just, I think the brand didn't match those conversations yeah. and what I was conveying. So it, it, I can't say it lost me work, but I can say that it didn't help. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I think it was just like, I, I kind of knew it over time, just having those, those conversations. And I, when I finally had the chance to kind of launch my, or relaunch, if you will, a, a new brand, that's when I was like, yeah, this has got to go. Well, it makes me think, uh, one reason why my tagline is authentic branding that connects is there <laughs> the blank stares, right? Like if, if it's not connecting, if it's not authentic, often it can detract or it can hurt you. Mm-hmm. Whether or not it means you're um, just not getting more business or maybe it means that, you know, if people don't understand what you do and if your brand actually makes adds confusion to the mix, mm-hmm. then it actually your brand's hurting you versus yeah, helping you. That's right. And yeah. so, you know, what I hear is that you realized you could tell when things weren't connecting. Mm-hmm. You could, you know, it wasn't just about the logo. It was about the name. It was about everything about it wasn't a match. Mm-hmm. So that's the other thing. Um, when I think about branding, one of my favorite phrases to use is branding should be clear, cohesive, and compelling. Mm-hmm. If one of those is missing, it's really hard to have the kind of brand impact that's possible. Mm-hmm. So the clear piece, right? Like it wasn't as clear for people. Uh, cohesive, it wasn't matching. It wasn't aligning with actually your conversations with people. Mm-hmm. And then the compelling piece, it was compelling to you. But right. but again, if it wasn't connecting, it was hard for it to be compelling for somebody else. Yeah. It really kind of connected internally, but it wasn't as an external facing yeah. type of um, philosophy or even like um, a framework for people to better understand what I was doing it just did not come across so yeah that's that's absolutely true I believe in those three you know different elements that you mentioned so before we get into the brand that you are doing now Mm -hmm. and the one that's actually really successful can you explain to people a little bit more about what design sprints are what strategy sprints are so that they have a better understanding when we get to this next part of how it ties together yeah thanks for that um good question yeah strategy sprints are really kind of our custom engagements where we're trying to help uh, an organization a client go from being kind of stuck to unstuck and typically there's a few places that our clients tend to get stuck or organizations tend to get stuck no matter if it's in the for-profit government sector or social sector and that is um, we tend to mix they tend to mix challenges with ideas with evaluation evaluation of those ideas so if you think of a typical meeting where you know someone's like, "Hey, this thing is broken," someone else is like, "Well, I've got a great idea for this other challenge," and then someone else is like, "Yeah, but HR was going to poo-poo that. They'll they'll never go for that." You're mixing all of the three elements together. So what we do is a structured, fast-paced way that really engages everyone and kind of elicits the best thinking from everyone in the room. We walk them through a process to kind of go through, "Okay, what's the challenge? How about now move to the ideas whenever whenever we have like a um, a solid." understanding of that challenge and then then we can move to evaluating those ideas 
And then the design sprints kind of take that a step further. They do the strategy work on the front end, and then they move to prototyping and testing. So that's a rapid process. Like where in a day we build a realistic looking product or service or experience. We might prototype the marketing or prototype a sales deck or prototype the product itself. But all that's about creating an experience that feels real to the customer so we can get genuine, genuine reactions that can help inform our next steps. So my guess is that this is all designed to help people save time, money, and energy. Yeah, Would that be absolutely. Accurate? Yeah, it, it is. It's really, um, it's really expensive to get smart people together in a room, even for an hour. And so what we do is we kind of design that time to be extract the you know to be the most productive possible. And the other thing of it is really it's building alignment, getting alignment, and building team morale. So oftentimes you you walk into those meetings and you just feel like oh god that was a waste of time and we're not aligned and I'm confused or I'm just not passionate about this project anymore because we've had 10 of these one or two hour meetings and we haven't gotten anywhere. So that's a big part of what we do, yeah. And sometimes having somebody outside an objective and leading you through a process can uh, eliminate some of that bureaucratic uh, standard, um, you know, we've got set patterns of how we relate to people. Mm -hmm. And so if you're facilitating people through something where everyone's ideas are equal, then all of a sudden the conversation can and the decisions can go a different way. Yeah, it's interesting. We, um, we that's very true. I think we often when we're doing internal stuff, we bring in outside help because we're just too close to the problems. And it's true for our clients too. They often bring us in because, you know, they might have the capability. We were working with a firm, uh, LPL Financial, and those guys have incredible talent. They do design sprint type work, um, their own version of it internally, but they still brought us in because they were just too close to the challenge and they weren't getting traction, I think, because of some of the internal politics at play. So that can be a big help is just to have someone there who's just focused on um, getting you through the process and not kind of as passionate about the outcome of that process. Yeah. And what I hear is you're also not attached. You don't have an agenda, right? That's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. If the answer is you should stop doing this, we will tell you that. Like yeah. we have no stake in the game. We're also not building anything real. So even if we're running like a design sprint, we're not building the real product. And if the customers are consistently telling us, like, yeah, we don't get it, this doesn't make sense, there's not any magic there, we're not willing to pay for it, okay, even after you make some improvements and maybe adjust it and things are still not sticking, you should probably stop. And let's stop after a week or two or three of work and yeah. not three months or three years of work. So what kind of clients do you work with? Because I think that'll be uh, help us as we're talking about the next part where we're talking about the new brand. So. Mm -hmm. What kind of businesses or companies do you typically work with? We're typically working with like Fortune 500 companies, but we're also doing quite a bit of work with the social sector, uh, like through Knight Foundation and a few others, as well as government. We've done quite a bit of work with the city of Charlotte. Um, we've done federal, I've got experience in the federal government as well, but with Wiley, it's been more focused here in Charlotte on the city of Charlotte government and a couple different departments. And so, yeah, it's been, it's more about the type of challenge that is important, not necessarily the sector. Everybody's got really big challenges and not enough time or money. Yeah. So <laughs> we can kind of help you go faster, de-risk doing big things, take the, the risk out of that. And then also, um, yeah, help people just tackle some of these big gnarly challenges that plague a lot of organizations. Great. So you gave uh, the name, yes, Wiley, yes, yes, uh, your, your current brand and business. So t how did you arrive um, at that name and what went into your decision-making process? Yeah, it was interesting. Um, you know, uh, we thought pretty long and hard about um, a couple of different things. One is 
trying to find something that fit the spirit of what we were trying to do. So being innovative, but also we wanted a playfulness. That was really important to us. Uh, again, we're building fake things, and so we're not, you know, there's not a lot of huge risk or, like, big cost involved. And we are we also wanted to embody kind of a spirit of tinkering and, and uh, experiment, experimentation. So that was important. So we kind of thought about the elements, and then part of it was just, like, spitballing just stupid names, right? Just kind of trying to get anything that could come out of our brains um, that might land and stick and be sticky. So it was a bit of both trying to think about really hard about like, okay, values and how we build something from that, but also, you know, just what's a, a name that could stick. So at some point though, um, my wife's uh, favorite cartoon character is Wiley Coyote. And I couldn't tell you how it came up in conversation exactly, but all I know is at some point um, that name came up and it just stuck. It just landed, and uh, it never. We never looked back, really. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. When I heard about this, was it, it relates to your values? Mm-hmm. You started being intentional about the brand personality, bringing in that playful element as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, what name would capture the spirit of it? And inspiration can come from unlikely resources, yeah. <laughs> such All, as yeah. a cartoon. All of the above. Right. Yeah, it's, but, but it's mm-hmm. cool because you were really looking at it from different angles. And where mm-hmm. you landed, when it clicked, it just clicked. That's right. So the cool thing is, um, what I notice about your website URL is it's not just the business name. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about how you arrived at your URL, wearewiley.com. Yeah, I think honestly it's partly a, a hack from um, Huga. We are Huga, which I know we're, we're at Advent. That's probably blasphemous to talk about another co-working site. No, oh I'm, no, I'm we're all love for all, all co-working. Exactly. You know. <laughs> but yeah, I think um, it really um, part of it was necessity. Like Wiley.com was taken, although it's out there somewhere. Don't take it, anybody. We want that, but someday. <laughs> but um, but seriously, yeah, it, it really um, embodied the spirit of hey, we're in this together. Um, we are creative, and so it was a statement about we. It brought a human element to it that would otherwise be lacking if it was just company name.com, right? Right. So I think that was really important, and it's funny because um, we brought on Sam Shabani. She's a, an amazing UX designer, and that was something that she noticed right away. Like, I really love that it's we are Wiley. It's a statement about us. Um, it's also, um, you know, it's kind of a playful because it's a noun, but it's also an adjective. Um, describes kind of how, you know who we are and what we try to embody. So it really that was kind of another I think lucky thing that we did. There's there's a lot of intentionality, but I think there's also a, a good bit of luck and just trying things and seeing what sticks. Um, and in that case, yeah, it really just it was like yeah, this is absolutely gonna be the thing that we 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 latch onto and go forward with. It's funny, I was teaching a branding class last night, and one of the things we were talking about is business names and websites, and your website came to mind, and there's another company uh, in New York, and I'm drawing a blank on their name, but um, their URL is We Love, and then the business name, so they have Mm -hmm. like a really short four-letter business name as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, I know what it is, We Love Shag, so Shag is um, um, a store that sells... Uh, adult products, adult artwork, um, (laughs) and it's a very friendly neighborhood shop. So one thing that I was really talking to the students about was like, when you are naming your business, sometimes there's a lot of names that are already taken and you might get discouraged, but it is important to see both what's out there in terms of URLs, but also what is out there in terms of um, businesses in your 
market or your sector that are yep. you want to make sure you're not encroaching. Mm -hmm. um, and one hack is to if a URL is taken, um, and as long as you're protected in terms of your you know trademarking and stuff, mm -hmm. that you know don't be limited by the business name itself. Like there are other URLs you can use that actually bring a level of engagement to mm -hmm. the table. And yep. so the We Love Shag, We Are Wiley, I'm sure there's a couple other examples out there that we could think of. Um, what they do is they take the business name a step further. They bring in engagement. They bring in a level of connection. And, and for your case, you said a stance of who we are. Yeah. Which is super cool because it gets to be like a double level of experience for mm -hmm. people. Yeah, it's funny. Um, you talk about like doing that out of necessity. That was our case too. We, uh, Wiley Designs was also taken. It's a Indian-based um, company that does like advertising and events. And so, you know, I think it actually led us to a better place yeah. with the We Are Wiley. I think we could I could have easily seen myself, you know, going down and saying, trying to grab that and building the brand around, you know, that that name or that that URL. But I think again, just one of those lucky things that uh, the constraint led to something better. So sometimes it, you know, the hard thing can actually lead to a better outcome. Yeah, that's a great example. I think, you know, in my creative background when I was in school, you know, they give you a design problem and they limit what you can do with it, but that forces you to be so much more creative. Mm -hmm. So I think that's uh, a great example of, you know, happy accident, yep. uh, It where you get to ends up being a better place than potentially where you would have landed just with the traditional thinking that you might, the route you might go on. Yeah, even just, uh, just you know, from a, just a very tactical level, the fact that we landed with a very short name Yes. The Wiley led us to be able to do something like we are Wiley and not feel like, you know, there's a million characters or in social when you're trying to, you know, got character limits that it would <laughs> yeah. just blow you up. So Yeah, I could never do that out. with my business. Yeah. Spear Creative Edge. There <laughs> yeah. is no way I could add we any words to that. Edge, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we love Spear Creative yeah. Edge. No way. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a little tough. So yeah, I mean it, it was it was um that was something that we were hoping to achieve. It wasn't like the end all, but we were like, you know, it would give us a lot more flexibility if we did have a shorter name too. So that was important as well in the consideration of building the brand. One of the things I talk to people about um, is that a brand is way more than the logo. Mm -hmm. And it really is the, the visual, like all the visual components, the verbal components, like your tone of voice, the brand personality, all those type of things, the name, and of course there's a tagline. But it's also the client experience. Like that can be through how you deliver your products and services, how you price yourself, um, any kind of customer engagement experience, that is also part of your brand. Mm -hmm. So what can you tell us about how Wiley shows up in those three areas, visual, verbal, and experience? Yeah, it was interesting. I was thinking about some of this um, in preparation for, for today. And you know, at the end of the day, the brand is, it, it, it collapses pretty fast unless you're living it. So if the values that you're trying to espouse, if you're not also striving to live it, and it's, it's, a, it's always a pursuit, it's not an end, but if you're not trying, you know, struggling and constantly trying to improve and, and match what you espouse to what you're doing, people are going to see through that. And at the end of the day, it's going to leave people angry when, you know, there's a myriad number of, of great examples of where a brain goes wrong and people get absolutely outraged, and it's because they care deeply it's not that just they want to be punitive and, mm -hmm. and punish yeah. you for screwing up, but it's because they want to punish you because you didn't live up to the thing you promised to be. Yeah. And so it actually is, is a sign of, you know, people caring and, and being passionate about what you're trying to bring about. And that's actually a strength to have folks that you surround yourself with. 
that can do that. But yeah, we try very hard to live what we do, and we also try to reinforce that with our visuals, with our messaging. Um, I forgot the other element that you mentioned. The experience. The experience. experience. Yeah, absolutely. We try very hard. Like our our um, kind of tag is, you know, we unleash life's best work, which is a big thing to try to live up to. Yeah. But we really try hard, very, very hard, whether we're designing an experience for a big event, like our design sprint boot camp we just ran. Um, gosh, that was just Monday and Tuesday this week um, at Camp North End. And, uh, or whether it's, we're, you know, designing an experience for a client or whether it's um, trying to create a meaningful experience for a client's stakeholders that they bring in. So we try very hard with our branding, with our, you know, even down to like the tools we use. Like we use a tool that's called Typeform uh, instead of just like a Google survey, you know, the tools that are out there that are much cheaper, but it's a much better user experience. And mm-hmm. so we, we pay the extra money because it's just a, nice, a nicer touch point whenever we deliver a survey or have any type of form needs. We, we use that tool just as a very tactical example um, because it, do, it does deliver a, a more engaging, more beautiful experience, which is something that we believe in doing. Yeah. How do you keep the brand spirit alive through your team of people that um, support you and your business? Yeah, that's a great question. I think partly it is living by example. It is um, when I screw up, owning up to it, and um, or when we're just trying to do something meaningful rather than just cutting to a solution that I think is the solution. It's, you know, and it's partly just drinking our own Kool-Aid in some <laughs> regards for what we do with our clients, but it's, it's hard to, to live that day in, day out. Um, but I do believe it's, it's, it's about trying to, and, and it's an interesting, I think, I can't recall where I read this, but somewhere I read, you know, if you're trying to empower someone, it automatically sets you as the giver of the power, right? So it's a little bit counterintuitive, like, oh yeah, I want to empower you to, to step up and own things and and have decision-making authority within their company. And I'm specifically talking about, you know, my colleagues, Julia and Sam. But, um, you know, even that has a bit of like, okay, so you have, you've got the power, you've got to be the one that gives it. So I don't know, it's, I don't want to get all psychological up in here, but at the same time, um, I think there's some truth to that where it's like really allowing people to step into the things that they're passionate about or give them the freedom to go try things um, and as long as it is on brand and, you know, I'm just trying to learn the best I can to how to support people and kind of get out of the way. So I think those are the types of things I'm trying to do. And I can't say I have anything, um, you know, magical up my sleeve. That's, that's, um, the thing to do, but I do think it's just a, a constant battle to just try to do the best you can day in and day out to, to live your values, to support others. And when you don't live up to your own values, just owning that and being, Hey, I screwed up. I'm, I'm so sorry, guys. Um, I'm gonna try my best not to do that again. Do you guys have, um, do you have documented a formal set of values for Wiley or are they more in your head? Yeah, we do have four different values um, that we've documented. We brought in someone to help us um, and kind of flush those out. And so yeah, we have, we've got those documented. It's like, you know, a a couple lines or a paragraph for each and it's really um, meant to be more living we're also working to get those up in the studio so that we can be reminded of those values. But That's great. Yeah. Without going into the, the paragraph for each or the sentences for each, uh, do you have them memorized? The, the four? Yeah, you're putting I'm, the I'm spot putting you on the I spot. And <laughs> so it was um, playfulness. It was bring your whole self. 
and there's two others that I'm going to have to get back to you on. Maybe we could create a little. Um, <laughs> I can always yeah. add it in the show notes. Yeah, thank you for that. I'm like, there, there's my one of my failures, boom, right there. No, no, it's one of those <laughs> things, like, there's nothing like being put on the spot, right? Well, like, I should have done my you, homework. But, you yeah. No, well, I didn't give you prep questions. Well, like, this is an authentic conversation in the mm-hmm, moment, and that's sure. the whole thing, right? Like, yep. one of the things is, like, I know my, my brand values as well, business values, and Every once in a while, like if I'm trying to articulate it, I just get stuck. Like, you know, mm-hmm. my brain just has this momentary glitch. So, you know, mine is partnership, clarity, and authenticity. Mm-hmm. And those are my top three. And so, like, the way that helps me is as I'm building out new things like this podcast, I'm like, okay, how can I bring partnership? Well, I do it through the interview format, right? The clarity is just asking questions and going deeper if something isn't clear. How can I make it easy for the listeners? And mm-hmm. the authenticity is truly having authentic conversations. This isn't like a prepackaged, slick sure, sure. Uh, setup, right? We're mm-hmm. really just in here talking about your brand and your business and what's true for you. Yes, yeah, as you were talking, and, and I'll, I'll check back to make sure I'm being honest here, but I believe the other two are be brave and default to action. Nice. So those are it, yeah. That's why I shared mine, so I figured it would come <laughs> Give to me some you. <laughs> yeah, you're generous in giving me some time. Well, it's kind of like when you meet, when you know someone, uh, and you come across them, and, and someone wants to be introduced, and you're like, you just your brain freezes. Yeah, and all of a sudden you're like, I know this person. I've known yep. them for three years, but yep. I can't remember their name because oh, yeah. I'm on the spot. <laughs> I try to do the trick, like, oh, meet my friend so and so, and then like hoping that they, you know, divulge their name. Yeah, but no, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, if you're listening. Don't do what I just did. Know your know your values. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I, you know, the thing is, is you guys work to live them. And, you know, whether you can recite them on command or not isn't a question. It's really about, like, how it ties to the work you do, how it ties to the brand that you've built. Mm-hmm. And how um, the thing I heard is about the innovation, right? Like, there's things that keep you wily. It mm-hmm. keeps you um, nimble. Mm-hmm. And if you're continuing to look at your brand and your business – and, and do the things that you're advocating your clients do, like mm-hmm. walk the talk, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, well, and I don't know, you know the term, the makeup of your listeners, but um, I will say to those who are smaller organizations, you have a big advantage. So we often work with larger organizations, and it just it takes forever to mobilize resources or to make changes. It's really painful for them to do that. We try to help you know them do just that. But if you are small, you have a small team or just solo You've got a big advantage in some ways in that you can go experiment and pivot very, very quick. You can be very nimble, and you aren't a big, giant organization that requires, you know, umpteen approvals to do the smallest little adjustment of your messaging or your brand. So take advantage of that. Yeah. I I do like to talk about how your brand and your business will evolve, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you realize, like, hey, that that brand or where I've been heading with my business just doesn't fit or it's not aligned anymore or wow it started with great intentions a great idea like you said with the slow think Um, and where it came from was in the right place in your head it just wasn't translating Mm -hmm. and so I think that it's one of those things where make your choices based on what you know at the time and when possible get outside perspectives right because if someone's objective and they're an expert in the area that you're not having that outside perspective it's much easier for someone to say hey you know what i know where you're coming from but it's not connecting mm-hmm. and and when you can have that whether it's through you know design sprints or strategy sprints or a brand expert you know when you have those kind of resources 
or let's say a financial advisor, right? Like depending on what, what you're working on, mm-hmm. when you can have that outside objective opinion, you get to have your own goals, you get to have your own vision, but someone else can see when it's not tracking, when yeah. it's not lining up. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, yeah, go back to the, the failure of, of slow think and it <laughs> was just awful. I mean, yeah, it was just, it's, it's a little painful, but at the same time, looking back, like, those painful moments that you come across, whether in the context of your brand or really anything in life, I think, um, those painful moments are often like the key parts of, or like the, the where you extract the most learning. And so I think if you can, it's hard to, to feel that way in the moment because it's super painful and uncomfortable. But I do think that if you can sit with the, that discomfort and that pain for long enough, that it kind of starts to turn into you know some insights. And then it opens you up to the ability to, to translate that into an opportunity. So, yeah, I think feedback is so critical, so important, especially with your target client. You, you can never please anybody. Uh, we often, uh, or everyone, um, you know, we get called willy sometimes, right? <laughs> there, there are, I've been called much worse, so there, there's no, it's okay to be called willy. But, um, and then, uh, yeah, so it's, it's just funny how, you know, people end up interpreting your brand uh, or your messaging. Um yeah, it's it, it, there's always some surprise that happens, but I think uh, I think the the goal is to um, just try to learn and get feedback as much as you can and, and keep going, making progress. And that's the other thing um, when people talk about getting feedback on their brand or their business. A lot of times um, they ask the wrong people. Mm-hmm. They ask the people who are not their ideal client or customer. <laughs> no. They're asking their friends or their family who actually don't have any connection to the product or service so I think it's really important to you know get perspective at times but also be really clear in your own vision like where are you headed and Mm -hmm. this whole thing about innovation and coming up with more ideas and better ways of approaching things I think so much applies to like businesses products and services like the work you do but at the same time it does apply to your brand and your business because you will grow your business will grow your brand will evolve Mm -hmm. and you know I with my website, like I go back probably at least once every six months and I'm adjusting things. Mm -hmm. Not because there's anything wrong with it, but the more I do, the more I get clear on different pieces or I add something in new. Um, I just want to make sure everything stays aligned. Mm -hmm. Like I realized I hadn't in my um, about page, I hadn't been talking about any of the speaking and teaching I'd been doing. Mm, Yeah. And I was like, wait, that's so crazy. Like that's a key part of, of what I do. Why am I not having that in my about page? You know, I'm not trying to promote it. It's more about like, it's, it's the work I've been doing here in Charlotte and I've been in Charlotte now for three and a half years. And I just, it wasn't there because I hadn't been doing that when I first moved here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have those moments quite often like, Oh gosh. Yeah. I know that this website is now way out of date or, this content's probably grown still. Got to update the LinkedIn. Like, there's all that that you constantly have to do. But I mean, the, the positive thing is, when that happens, I feel like you can kind of look back and like, if you if, if something doesn't feel right, it's probably because you've grown past it. Yes. Right? So you're in a new place, and that's a positive sign. And so, again, I, I would say, um, yep, update those that content, get, get it updated <laughs> with where you are now. But if you do see that, man, this this kind of sucks now. That's okay. That's probably means because you've grown past it. Yeah, and I've been following Wiley for a while, and so like I have seen your copy change on yeah, your website. It like has. I noticed because I've been back more than once, right? Mm-hmm. And you did all these great um, strategy and design sprints, little intros here at Advent, and that was amazing because cool. what it allowed me to do is also see your brand and business evolve over mm-hmm. time. 
because and that's where like the relationships with a brand and a, the people in the brand you know can really happen so yeah. it's really cool I think that's one thing for anyone who has a new business or just getting into their brand like pay attention to the people that you admire and that you respect or that you feel like there's you have some connection to what they're up to mm-hmm. it can be a totally different industry but it can be great to see how other people are approaching things yeah we often like look out to other com- you know competitors and like okay what are they doing how are they talking about this this is really tough to talk about innovation what this hell hell does that even mean um so yeah we definitely look to competitors and then we try to you know distill that down to what matches with who we want to be who we aspire to be um but i also wanted to make a comment um about feedback you mentioned that earlier um something that we really tried to to communicate and, and leave with our clients is the importance of reactions versus feedback mm, um, mm-hmm. we're in the south yeah we and we know like bless your heart feedback and it, how how that's not terribly helpful but it can also be maybe it, sometimes it is helpful but for our listeners who are not in yeah. the south, can you explain that <laughs> yeah it's basically like oh you're you're really sucking right now bless your heart like <laughs> good, good for you for giving it a try like it's, yeah. it's kind of like the the trophy for participation, right? Yeah. So yeah, but it's all packaged up in the context of feedback. But yeah, we truly, we really try to when we're building like prototypes, we're trying to get reactions. So I think um, if you can have a conversation or you know show your brand elements in the context of something greater, like your website or other visuals or messaging, and try to get genuine reactions in the moment, and you can only kind of get this once like after like if you say hey i want you to take a look at this and let's talk about it later the reaction's gone they might have a, a, an initial reaction when they open that website or they you know interact with your your messaging in some fashion but that after that it's gone so you either need to get them on a video call ideally <laughs> yeah. or in person if you can and say okay what do you think about this talk to me what are you what are you reacting or what are you thinking right now in your mind what's the verbalize first, that yeah what's yeah. the first, first thing impression that, yeah first impression mm-hmm. like what what connects with you what what could be improved yeah or let's say you're you know you're messing around with a, a short 30 minute you know 30 second promotional video play the video let them watch it close the laptop say hey first reactions and just let it pause or like what's your takeaways yeah what like are your takeaways like especially if it's a 30 second like what are the top things that you remember and that stuck stuck out for you mm-hmm. yeah because so if, yeah. if your key thing isn't sticking out that you're trying to accomplish well maybe it needs to be a shorter video or mm-hmm. maybe you've just got too many words <laughs> sure yeah that happens a lot yeah for sure yeah well thank you so much eric i feel like we've been on a journey today about you know success failure innovation uh like all the ins and outs of thinking about branding um, and also strategy and design sprints. So thanks so much. Well, thank you so much for having me, Lisa. I'm a big admirer of yours, and I really appreciate you bringing me in to have this conversation. It was a lot of fun. Let's do it again. Great. (laughs) We will. Great. Thanks for joining the Branding BFF crew. Subscribe to stay connected to more behind-the-scenes conversations with entrepreneurs and brand creators. This show is brought to you by Spear Creative Edge, a strategic branding business. We help service businesses, creative professionals, and coaches with authentic branding so you can connect with your ideal clients more quickly. Learn more at SpearCreativeEdge.com.